Hello and welcome to the Thriving Broad Podcast. I'm Louise Wiles, an expat and transition coach, and your host for these conversations where we share stories, strategies, tips, and a few tricks to help you build an international life that in which you thrive. So welcome to this conversation on the expat laptop lifestyle, the highs and lows, and why you must take it seriously to succeed. Now, my guest today, Francis, was drawn to a life abroad after a life trauma that he shares at the start of our conversation. It got me thinking about what motivates people to move abroad and decide to create an internationally mobile lifestyle. I think our optimism bias, which is our tendency to view the future optimistically, often influences our positive perspective on an international move, which is great in the sense that it gets us up and moving and gets us there, but potentially negative when we realise our expectations may have been a little overinflated. This can account for some of the culture shock and early day blues. In this conversation, we talk about the highs and lows, and Francis shares his tips for settling abroad and building a business in a way that complements rather than compromises his international lifestyle and love of travel. I love the mix of positivity, enthusiasm for his life and business, and recognition that to make it all work, there needs to be serious effort. Because this is the truth for most people. A laptop lifestyle takes hard work and huge focus, not simply a beach and a pina colada, as the images may suggest, sad though that may be. So enjoy the conversation and come back and share your thoughts on the Thriving Broad Facebook page. And as always, you can access the transcript from thrivingbroad.com. Look for today's episode, episode 66. And while you're there, please sign up for the regular newsletter and that way we can stay in touch. Thanks for listening today and do get in touch if there's any way in which I can support you in your international journey. Just email me info at thrivingabroad.com. I do see all emails. So hi Francis, lovely to have you joining the conversation today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, well, I've been listening to your podcast for 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 a while now, and I'm happy to be on it finally. Brilliant. Well, it's lovely to have somebody who listens <laughs> to the podcast joining the podcast as well as a guest. So that's really exciting. Um, so, tell us a little bit about where you're sitting, talking to us from, and a bit about your expat journey. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right now, I am sitting in Budapest, Hungary out here in Central Europe. I've been here for about four years now, I think. Wow, time really flies, doesn't it? And <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, as I mentioned, you know, it's been here for four years and I uh, originally actually am from the United States, all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. So I'm a bit of a Southern boy, but um, yeah, my expat journey started about uh, five or six years ago when <clears throat> I graduated university and I was just really lost. Like I had no clue what to do with my life. I realized what I studied in university was something I wasn't very passionate about. And I was just really bored. And, you know, I was kind of having like this crazy existential crisis, ended up kind of mixing in with some bad crowds, partying a little too hard. And then (laughs) I had uh, a bit of like a breakdown of like an overdose. And then I went back home to Memphis yeah, it was crazy. You know, I went back home to Memphis to to get clean and everything. And, you know, that's when uh, the idea of like moving abroad came into my mind because, you know, people were saying, 
So what are you going to do now? Are you going to try to find a job? Will you go back to school? Mm. You know, and things like this. Um, and ever since I was a child, I've always wanted to travel. And even when I was in university, I did one of these, you know, month-long uh, study abroad trips um, mm. in Europe. So mm. Mm. I loved it. And I was like, I really want to do this. And I've had one or two friends say that they were going to teach English abroad. And, you know, this idea, I thought it was cool. I didn't know how to go about it. But, um, yeah, I just kind of did my own research, fell upon getting my TEFL certification. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I did the kind of the in-person trainings just out in Memphis, going to the university. And, you know, it was like a four-month process. It wasn't very long. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, it was around um, April 2015 when I started applying to to different schools abroad. So I was looking at China, of course, Southeast Asia was a place, um, even parts of Russia. I was I had no clue what I was doing. So I was like, <laughs> literally like sending out applications. I was like, I had this certification. Like, I hope hope it's good enough. And I I fell upon a a, a program that was based in Spain that. Um, you know, they were taking in recent graduates who had TEFL certifications or just, you know, wanted to teach English. And I applied and yeah, I ended up, you know, going through the process. And I remember like driving to Washington, D.C., which was like a 12 hour (laughs) uh, drive with my mom for this interview. And then, yeah, I got the app, you know, I got accepted into the program and, um, just a few months later, I packed up all my stuff and moved to Barcelona. And that was, oh, the, that was the kind of like the start of my journey. And um, yeah, and ever since then, yeah, it's been a wild, a wild ride, Louise. You know, just <laughs> from teaching abroad to now running my own online business. It's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far. Yeah, right. Well, we're going to get into that journey in a minute. But just to say we have something in common then because I – I um when I first moved abroad to Madrid, I did a TEFL course and taught English too. So there we oh, are. Amazing. There you go. <laughs> we have that in in common. So um tell us a little bit about the, the kind of the mobile lifestyle. I mean you, you really do live a mobile lifestyle in in that you have moved regularly. Um and, and you've lived in different countries. So tell us just quickly a little bit about which countries you started in Spain, then where, where did you go to after Spain? And Barcelona. Yeah, so after my, my teaching, you know, one year teaching in Spain, my whole idea was to do this kind of five years and five different countries um, plan, you know, just teach English and then you know, maybe go back to the States and, you know, do, you know, just have a job or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started applying different places. I mean, I knew that countries wanted English teachers. So yeah, I did the whole process again, where I looked at places in Southeast Asia and all these places. And um, I even had a job offer from Hong Kong. And I was actually about to sign that dotted line. And then I looked up on like Dave's ESL Cafe or something like this, one of those websites. And yeah. I found um, there's this program in Budapest that was hiring teachers. And I never went to Budapest. I heard it was an amazing place. And I just wanted to apply just to see if I would get it, um, just to see if I'd get a response. Maybe I was bored that summer or something. But then, you know, <laughs> the uh, the people who sent out the application, the you know, the posting, they responded to me fairly quickly. 
I got on a call mm-hmm. and then they, I was offered the position. And then, you know, I had to make a decision on whether to go to Hong Kong or Hungary. And I just had, you know, call it like weird woo woo, like vibrations or just having a good feeling intuition mm-hmm. or what have you. But I just liked the idea of moving to Budapest because it was still Europe. And um, yeah, I just wanted to explore it. And so I, I chose, uh, I chose Budapest and yeah, I just moved, I moved over there. Like uh, we well, moved over here, like a, like a month and a half later or so. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hungary was Hungary was the place that uh, I went to right after Barcelona. Okay, okay, okay. And so you've now been in Budapest for four years, as you as you said at the beginning. Okay, okay, fantastic. And um, now just going back to the sort of university experience, and you said you were, you weren't passionate about it and you were bored. What what subject did you study, just out of interest? Yeah, I actually studied anthropology with a focus right. in okay. archaeology, which I thought it was going to be like Indiana Jones. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was going to wear like that cool hat and like a satchel and all that stuff. But it's not as exciting as I thought. Um, silly me, I suppose. But I think it worked out well in the end. That's the thing I can relate to, too, because I, I wanted to do archaeology. That was one of my uni choices. In the end, I didn't. Um, <laughs> so perhaps I'm, I'm glad now hearing that, that I didn't. Um, but, yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? I think a lot of people leave university not knowing what they want to do with their lives and um, and, and not sure which direction to take things in. And for, for many, well, not many, but, you know, for some, it does lead to this this desire to, to travel and to, to move abroad. So I'm really interesting to, interested to ask you whether you feel it's a lifestyle that is for everyone. You know, what kind of mindset and attitude do you see, an approach to life do you think people need to have in order to make a success of this kind of lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, do I think it's a lifestyle for everyone? I mean, it's definitely not. I mean, I think, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, I think it would be a pretty interesting answer. You know, I think it is a lifestyle that a lot of people can, you know, can really enjoy for six months to a year, maybe even a few years. Um, but I think to do it long term, it's definitely a different kind of mindset. And, you know, your mindset just would need to change um, kind of at every level. You know, if you're just starting out and you're an expat or you're a remote worker and you want to travel the world, I mean, the mindset you need to have is to have an open mind. I mean, to mm-hmm. really just you know, kind of leave everything at the door to try new things to understand that, you know, the the customs and you know everything and culture is just different. And you know, a lot of like beautiful things can happen once you kind of have this open mindset. Um, you know, it, it the place that you move to and the you know the city you're in, it, it really becomes your own, and you really feel like it it, it embraces you. Um, mm-hmm. once you have that open mind and, you know, it, it, it'll start to open up to you. And I think there's a, you know, for a lot of people, it, it can be really difficult. I mean, I know, you know, for me as a teacher, you know, people would always go in and out of these teaching programs, you know, every six months or a year. And, you know, a lot of times at first it was really exciting and fun, mm-hmm. you know, which everything usually is in the beginning. Um, <laughs> but for them, they ended up, you know, they would they would decide to leave, or they would say, "Oh, I'm just tired of the lifestyle here. I want to go back to you know New Jersey or something like this." Mm-hmm. Or, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it's um it's it's not a lifestyle for everyone, but I think it's it's a lifestyle that everyone should definitely try and experience. Yeah, yeah, I can totally relate to that, and I think you know, what you're talking about there, many 
longer term mobile people, expats, whatever we want to call people who are living this kind of lifestyle and um, can relate would, would relate to you know the excitement and then initially you know really sort of the the journey of discovery that comes with moving to a new location but then once that starts to wane then there's a question I guess around you know how do you make this really work for you exactly and how does it yeah and how do you um you use you, you use that really work lovely phrase in embracing you so that gave me the sense of you you really feeling part of Budapest is that right is that how you feel about Budapest now it is a part of you oh definitely I mean Budapest was uh it just really yeah took me in you know that first year I was of course you know I was a bit younger so I was like going out and um you know meeting all these people and everything and you know, I started to feel like I was meeting people a lot like me, you know, whether that was, mm-hmm. you know, travelers or, you know, massive extroverts or just people who like meeting, you know, um, new people all the time. And mm-hmm. I started to really feel at home and um, that feeling's never left, you know, even, even mm-hmm. down the road, even, even though my habits have changed and my lifestyles change, I still, you know, really feel like, you know, Budapest is, is just as much a home to me as Memphis is. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, do you do you are you part of sort of the local culture and you know, national culture in Budapest or is are you is it still quite an international um geographic that you're involved in demographic sorry that you're involved in yeah well you know Budapest is like a huge uh, expat community you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of remote workers mobile you know mobile people here and of course a lot of just um yeah I mean people from other countries just working here um mm-hmm. things like that so mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's pretty easy to to jump into like these communities of you know whatever you're you're interested in you know if you're like a, a you know big you know online entrepreneur person like myself there are mm. plenty there are plenty of of groups and you know co-working spaces that you can join in and uh, meet people who are into that or you know I think um you know I have a friend of mine who like loves basketball and he mm-hmm. he meets a bunch of guys like um. Yeah, every Thursday to go play basketball, and everyone's from you know different parts of South America or different parts of Europe. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in little clusters as well. I think that's one of the cool things about living in a cool capital like Budapest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I can totally relate to that, having lived in Lisbon and there being that very similar sort of international wow. feel as well. And um and and yes, and that's something now living back in the UK, <laughs> in a in the countryside in the UK, in a totally yeah, not particularly international area of the UK at all really. That I, I really miss that 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 opportunity to mix with such a broad range of different nationalities and cultures. So I can hear that that as a real high um of the experience. What about what about the lows? Have you what kind of lows would you point to that perhaps you've learnt lessons from that you could share with people who are listening that will help them? Yeah, well, you know, the the lows, you know, it's it's funny I, how I mentioned earlier, it's like, at first, the you know, when you first arrive in a country or something, it's like very exciting, you know, there's so much adventure to be had and everything like this and so many people to meet. But, you know, when you go in, you, you don't know anyone, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of terrifying, you know, the idea of, <laughs> oh, I'm about to, here's this big city and I have to go meet people. And, mm-hmm. you know, for for you know myself and some of the people I know that was you know the the hardest part is like establishing your kind of group of friends here or the people who you want to spend the most time with or you know knowing where to go 
just to get groceries or to just you know, enjoy and have a beer somewhere. Because um, it can be pretty overwhelming, you know, especially in a big city or even in like a small village. You know, I've known some people who moved out to like smaller villages in Hungary to teach English. Mm. And they were like, oh, mm. I have no idea what to do. I don't know anyone. Mm. Um, so I think that's one of those lows. But um, you know, the best way to get out of that, you know, like anything in life, I think, is just to, to try different things and to step out of your comfort zone. And um, kind of embrace you know, that challenge in front of you to, to meet new people, to, you know, look for your places and to, to find your place in the, the city or town that you're in. Um, yeah, yeah. I know for me, the same thing happened when I was in, in Barcelona um, twice, because, you know, in the beginning, I was actually living with a, living with a uh, host family, a Catalan host family, kind of a little bit outside uh -huh. of Barcelona. And for me, that was really difficult because, you know, there's this they have their own traditions and, and you know, family <laughs> traditions and customs. Mm, and mm. I was like, oh, man, I don't even, I don't speak Catalan. I speak pretty okay Spanish, but you know, I don't speak Catalan and um, it was difficult. And then, you know, a few months later when, you know, I decided to, to move out, it's like, here I am in downtown Barcelona and I have, <laughs> you know, no idea what to do again. Um, but it's just one of those things that you kind of embrace that challenge and you already know what to do in your head. Um, you know, I like to think, and it's all, it's all about just taking those, you know, small steps to, you know, yeah. solving, that, solving that low. Yeah. And I suppose when you're teaching English, you have a natural connection into, you know, other, pe other people who are teaching in the area and that kind of English language teaching scene or foreign language teaching scene. What works about in your role now, you know, because I know you, you work your sort of laptop lifestyle, which we'll come on to in a minute, um, and through your current business. I imagine you're working from home a lot. So how have you found connections and friends in that, in, you know, with, with that kind of lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, quite similar. I mean, I think the power of like, you know, like a Facebook group or something, I mm -hmm. think that's just mm -hmm. so helpful. You know, I'm in like the, the Hungary expats group. And you know, I think there's even like Budapest digital nomads and entrepreneurs or something. Um, right. You know, mm -hmm. I think every day, if I, I'm not even on Facebook every day, but anytime I look on it, um, and I look at those groups, there's always somebody saying, you know, I, I just moved here or I'm here for three months. I'm here for six months. You know, would anyone like to, uh, you know, get a coffee together or to perhaps, you know, work together in a cafe mm -hmm. and, you know, just some, something like that, you know, even like that little bit of vulnerability, people kind of gravitate towards that. Cause I think everyone, anyone who's been in a new country or, you know, is a, in that laptop lifestyle or you're just a big traveler, you know, how, you know, you know, how, how amazing it is when someone reaches out to you and just wants to, yeah. you know, takes you up on that coffee or something. Um, and, you know, for me, I, it's very similar. I mean, I don't, I haven't really posted anything in those groups, but <laughs> you know, if you go to, if I go to a cafe and I work there, you know, every other day or something, I start seeing the same people and yeah. you know, Buda Budapest isn't even that big of a city, you know, and if it is, if people do consider it big, you know, you, you do tend to hang out in the same, like, districts or neighborhoods so you know just like running into the same faces you know yeah yeah the yeah. person who you work with at the cafe you'll see him at the comedy night at the pub or something and then you'll say <laughs> oh yeah i saw you on your laptop and then you end up you know nerding out over um <laughs> you know cool wi-fi things or you know yeah. work, work things or or you know travel travel stories so um 
yeah, it's uh, just finding those communities. You can find them anywhere, offline or online. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting hearing you describe that because you're thinking about times I've moved and I've moved quite a number of times and each time it's taken time <laughs> to develop, you know, friendships and, and, and get to know people. And there's something, there's kind of a combination of strategies. You know, there's being proactive and, and going to groups such as Facebook groups or in-person expat groups that exist in most you know, big cities around the world. Um, but then there is also sort of this organic development that happens over time and just comes from being there and um, naturally connecting with people. So I just say that to people who are listening who perhaps are, are feeling slightly isolated in a new new situation and you know, that yeah be active and go out and meet people but also trust that you know it will evolve over time and and um you know as long as you're doing some set some things to get yourself out you you will meet people um and 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 develop those groups of friends um and i just say that because there have been times when i've i've you know been three or four months in and thought oh i'm never going to meet anybody that i really click with <laughs> um but i always have everywhere i've lived i always have you just have to keep on keeping on and, and and you will come across those people um but be active yeah don't just sit in your apartment or wherever <laughs> yeah and and not go anywhere and do make use of facebook and and instagram and things like that because yeah, that's the wonderful thing about the expat community. You know, people sometimes say, oh, you don't want to get engrossed in the expat community because then you don't get to know the national culture. But I think there's two sides to that coin. And, you know, yes, you want to get to know some of the locals and get to understand the culture and learn the language, perhaps, if there's a language to learn and, and, and learn about that country. But um, don't just ignore the expat community because you can find a lot of support from that. And that's important in the early days, definitely. Oh, for so, sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about your, your laptop lifestyle then. Um, you work from home, and I know you said to us when we were communicating before the podcast that it requires you to be even more serious <laughs> about what you're doing than, I guess, were you comparing it to teaching? I don't know, but um, perhaps a, a, you know, a job where you're going to an office every day and, and, mm -hmm. and working for another company. So tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. So, you know, the idea of like this laptop lifestyle. So, yeah, as you mentioned, I do work online. I have my own um, freelance business. I'm an email copywriter and strategist slash consultant. Um, right. Still have a little imposter syndrome. So I'm trying to get used to the word consultant. But yeah, I mean, for me, it, I, I know that it requires you to be even more serious just because, you know, nowadays, especially you know, really nowadays with the, you know, pandemic going on, you know, people are jumping online to, to figure out ways to work, um, figuring out ways to make money. And, you mm -hmm. know, with people who have these skills, you know, such as a copywriter or a graphic designer, or maybe you're an expert in, uh, you know, Facebook advertising, or you have your own e-commerce store, it's really competitive. It's mm -hmm. extremely competitive, especially as a freelancer, when you're kind of Perhaps you're juggling, you know, a couple of clients at a time and, you know, you're never really sure when you're going to be out of clients or maybe your part of your marketing system is broken down and you may be out of work. And, mm -hmm. you know, the people who you could potentially be working with are also getting pitched to by people who have, you know, have the same skills as, skills as you and mm -hmm. are willing to do it much faster for much less and many times are surprisingly really good 
So it can be, you know, it requires you to be more serious and to take your, your business and you know, your skills to the next level. Um, but not just, you know, the, I guess the skill that makes you, you know, money, you know, your work, but also perhaps your networking skills or um, your social skills or um, your able, your, you know, your ability to convey your message authentically online. So you're, so you're a bit different, but um, yeah, I mean, for me, in my, in my experience, it's, it's made me a, a lot more serious than, you know, than I ever thought. You know, I think the idea of like this laptop lifestyle is you're on the beach and, you know, in Thailand and you're, you have your laptop there and you work, you know, one or two hours a day. And mm. in reality, I'm sure that happens, but um, I don't think I've worked, you know, harder than anything in my life when it came to you know, this kind of working online um, you know, situation. And you know, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's even, uh, you know, I'll, it's really for me kind of empowering that I can be so serious about something. Um, I think especially cause I'm just a big goofball, like uh, act like a 15 year old, like, <laughs> like down to my heart. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just a competition that's out there and um, you know, people are so, you know, they're so intelligent nowadays that you know in in my line of work in the online marketing world it's like people know when they're when they're being marketed to so it's uh you know you need to kind of dive in and learn from the experts even more on on yeah how to get really good yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's a really good point for anyone listening who's thinking of starting a business you know in their life abroad you know, and one that perhaps is is laptop driven or online driven is 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 that it's not a quick fix and it's not an easy way to make money um, it does have to be taken really seriously that's a business after all and what are the stats around businesses failing <laughs> 85% of new businesses fail within the first two years or something or it might be even in the first year I'm not sure but you know it it is something that you have to take very seriously and develop a strategy around and really know what you're talking about and it's interesting also I always think you know if you're taking it seriously then you're looking at ways to be ahead of the curve aren't you um and that's where the time-consuming nature comes from because you need to know so much in order to be ahead um or you know at the, the cusp of whatever of change is happening particularly online I mean everything is changing all of the time um, it must be exhausting having <laughs> to keep up with it. It can um, be, it can be yeah. for sure. For sure. I mean, especially, you know, things like, um, you know, like Facebook ads compliance or something that seems to change like all the time. And, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the trending things, you know, things just trend and you just, it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to predict, especially if you have your mind focused on other things. You know, I think two years ago, the, the, um, and the strategy of having like a, your own online e-commerce store was kind of new and uh, mm. relevant. And I think nowadays everyone is a, you know, one kind of coach or a, a consultant in their own way in one, one way or the other. So yeah, it can be a little overwhelming, but you know, once you find that one thing you really enjoy doing, then yeah, it's kind of, it's, it feels, it feels a bit easier or at least the, you know, the days go by a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. So it's finding the one thing that you enjoy doing that you're good at doing and links to opportunities wherever you are. Exactly. <laughs> and I guess if you're online, it doesn't, it can be international. So are your clients generally 
in Hungary or are they all over the world? Yeah, they're actually all over the world. I don't think right. I've ever had uh, one one client in Hungary. I think right. I think I might have. Had, I think I might have worked with one company from Slovakia, which is like a neighboring right. country. But mostly yeah. the the U.S. and out all the way out east. So I work with a lot of companies from Hong Kong as well. Right. Um, yeah, I think it was her in Australia, but yeah, most, yeah. mostly yeah. not in Hungary. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the fantastic opportunity that <laughs> clients can come from anywhere if you're working in an online business fantastic so um so I just want to ask I'm really interested in you you have to take your business seriously but you're obviously living this life because you want to enjoy where you are and the international aspect of it so you want to have some fun as well so how do you set up your life to be productive um, so you're doing all you need to do work-wise, but still have time to enjoy life. Because I can imagine this could, you know, your, your online life could take over, couldn't it? Um, it I guess, you know, either working for clients or you're looking for clients or you're doing both. <laughs> and as you were talking there, you know, you're wanting to guard against the, the times when you don't have any clients and you have a lull in business. You're kind of looking to get that smooth um you know demand across time effect so you know how how do you balance it all <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it it really took me a while in the beginning to to balance it all i mean um you know i was thinking i want to make all of this money but then i also want to travel the world but then you know making all this money may require me to spend a lot more time um, and i mm. thought that was kind of like that's how i defined success used to um, but now it's more like uh, I kind of made a decision um, not too long ago, really, of, you know, how do I define success? And, you know, am I doing this for the income or am I doing this for the lifestyle? You know, if I want to travel and go to these interesting locations and have a good time, then I'm going to make that the goal. And I'm going to, you know, when I have the opportunity to do that, then I will. But, you know, for me to do that, then I'm going to have to put the work in. Um, so I kind of had to make a distinction about, you know, what I really wanted to do and how would I, how would I get there? So, I mean, when I'm not in these interesting locations then I am putting in the work and I, I do wake up pretty early at five 30 mm -hmm. and, you know, I have all these habits to make sure that, you know, my mind is right. You know, my habits are in order and I'm creative since I have a very creative job. Um, and then. It's, uh, it's making sure that when I have this time off and I can go to these interesting locations that I'm enjoying it, you know, and mm -hmm. I have to make that hard line of like, you know, if I'm traveling and this is the day that I'm not going to work, you know, maybe this weekend or a few days, then you know, I'm, I am, I'm not going to open up my email and mm -hmm. I'm not going to, um, you know, open up Slack or try to, you know, look at mm -hmm. my, you know, my business Facebook or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. And to really be strict with that, because, you know, even if you look at it a little bit, it could be so easy to get sucked into it. But, you know, it's all about kind of making that hard line between, uh, you know, when is work and when is play and to really go hard when you're in either one. And I think that's a really good message for so many people, not just people who are living the laptop, like, laptop lifestyle, mobile lifestyle, because you know, so many people now are, are working from home not going to the office so they don't have that natural delineation of you know leaving and going to work um and so gradually you know and I find this with my business you know gradually the business creeps over into 
my life and life into the business and and particularly when I had kids home during lockdown um it all got very messy <laughs> and uh, yeah and, and everyone got it got messy for all of us you know? yeah. were the kids studying or were they having a break you know? <laughs> and you know I was constantly sort of gauging that and then thinking about myself and then not working when I wanted to be working and then catching up in home family time and um and, and it can deteriorate quite quickly if you don't watch it and don't keep a track of it so I really um get your points and I think that's a really good message to people who are out there who are, are thinking about doing this kind of thing you know really do get clear on when, what when's work time and when's not work time and have that clarity and shut your computer because otherwise it all becomes very blurred and I'm really interested in the 5 30 wake up so have you always been an early wake up person or did yeah. you change that I think I've always I've always been like a morning person. I think even when I was, you know, a young guy and I was like, you know, staying up late, I think I always even, you know, I would wake up at like 9am, which was still pretty early. And mm -hmm. to my friends, and I would be really happy to be awake, you know, getting breakfast and all this stuff. I mean, it's, um, for me, it's, it's, uh, I used to think that like, if you woke up at five or 530, then you were like, you know, fast track to success or anything but you know i think that's just for me it's a uh, i had a good friend of mine um killian marquardt who is he's a very good like productivity coach who told me that um, it doesn't really matter what time you wake up it's what you do after you wake up that really yeah uh, sets your day um yeah and i think i made that joke where i think i was waking up at 5 a.m and then i found out he woke up at 6 a.m and i made a joke of like oh i think i have you know, more discipline than you or something, which is a total joke because he has like way better discipline than me. And he was like, oh, it makes no difference about what time you wake up. It's what you do after that wakes up that kind of yeah. know, makes, you know, that ensures your productivity. So, I mean, yeah, I love, I love waking up uh, early. Even on the weekends, I tend to wake up at like 6 a.m. on accident or something. A total, total, total accident. But I think yeah. it's, a, it's a good habit to have. Well, I guess it's a habit. You've got your body's into that habit as well, isn't it? I'm just really interested because I just read a book by Dr. Benjamin Harvey. He's about, um, you know, well, it's, it's about personality and it's about, you know, working to develop your future self, which is related to your goals and, and so on. But one of the things he's really clear about, or he really believes in, is that um, you need to have a, a, a very clear morning routine. And he suggests it early on. He gets up at 5 a.m., I think. And I just cannot bring myself to do that because I've <laughs> never been that kind of a morning person. But I totally agree that it's having the structure around what you do first that really counts and and really getting that that work done and banging stuff out in those first few hours makes such a difference. Um, and that's something I've been trying to do, you know, be very clear about what those first few hours are going to be about. Um, and, and getting that done really sets up your day for a different kind of a day, actually. And I think when you're working from home, it's very easy potentially to drift around for a few hours in the morning and think, well, I've got all day. Um, but that kind of sets your mindset into that kind of, well, I've got all day. <laughs> and then yeah. it's so easy to get to the end of the day and not have achieved what you wanted for that day. So I, I think the structure for the first bits of the morning for yeah, working from home is, is important. And yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> investigate that point a bit. So um, I think we've probably come to the end of our time together. I just wanted to finish with a couple of questions. The first one sure. being, 
um, you know, so people listening are listening because they listen to podcasts that's around about thriving abroad. So what would be your number one tip for thriving abroad? Mine would be to step out of your comfort zone, you know, whatever that may be. Um, you know, perhaps you're, you know, you're a little shy about meeting new people. I think you know, even doing like the smallest thing of like making that Facebook post or something, I think, uh, you know, that will help you thrive abroad or, you know, perhaps you're extremely extroverted and, you know, um, you prefer to be around people, you know, even go the opposite way and actually reflect on your time, um, you know, being alone and, you know, think about what it's, you know, what living abroad or, you know, being abroad is actually teaching you. And I think that will help you thrive in a, in different ways. So I think really looking in yourself and, um, stepping out of your comfort zone, whatever that baby is, uh, probably my number one tip for, yeah, thriving abroad. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's a really good, good tip. Um, and I think it's something that we probably all know we need to do. <laughs> and some days we're better at it than others, but just bearing in mind that, yeah, it is about stepping out and trying new things and different things. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So yeah, I totally agree with that. So tell us a little bit about your, your business then. And if people are interested to know more where they can find you. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned before, I'm an email copywriter and strategist. So, you know, I write promotions and lead the, you know, full on email marketing strategy for typically coaches, consultants, mentors, and sometimes e-commerce businesses. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's been, been doing that for quite a while now. I've been proud enough to, you know, proud to work with some amazing people. I have had my copy, um, used by the likes of Les Brown, and Kane Minkus, very known uh, business growth coach, and um, yeah, many others. So, um, fantastic. Been having a great time working with a lot of six, seven, eight-figure e-commerce brands, and yeah, just getting my hands in a bunch of things. But yeah, if you would like to learn you know, more about me, then you can visit my website at storiesandcopy.com, and join my email list. You know, I, uh, I that's kind of my platform of where how I kind of connect with people, and I like to give out. Um, you know, marketing advice, life advice, um, little insights and kind of weird things that, that's going on in my head. And um, yeah, I have an ebook uh, coming out called The Click Rate Code, where I'll be sharing some some tips and advice on how to make more money through email marketing. And so, yeah. what, what's the book? Called? What's the ebook called? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's the, called the uh, The Click Rate Code. The Click Rate Code. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah um if anyone listening just join my email list and thank you so much louise for having me yeah well thank you very much for sharing your your story and um all your insights really enjoyed the conversation today thank you francis bye-bye for now thank you bye-bye and thank you so much for listening remember to access links and the full transcript from this conversation go to thrivingbroad.com and look for episode 66 and while you're there don't forget to subscribe, sign up for the regular podcast newsletter so I can keep you up to date with all the latest Thriving Abroad news. Thank you once again to Francis for sharing his story and insights into the laptop lifestyle. I'll be back soon with the next episode in the Thriving Abroad podcast series. Meanwhile, take care and stay well wherever you are in the world. Bye-bye for now.